Welcome to Boxed Wine, a true crime mockumentary memoir series. That's right, a made-up genre. <laughs> You're welcome. Every episode is a different crime committed against Christy Williams, the most unsuccessful, successful small business owner in North Canton, Ohio. She's kind of a big deal, mostly to middle-aged white women, which is just fine with her because who rules the world? Probably rich white men we've never heard of. These stories will be narrated by me, Christy Williams, in the third person, because who doesn't enjoy that? Crimes have been committed against our number one, most favoritist person of all time, all over the world. This crime takes place in Hawaii, on Kona, the big island. How did our poverty level hero travel the world? <laughs> Mission trips, of course. Although, she actually lived in Hawaii for three months. She was in a cult, a school, called YWAM. That stood for Youth with a Mission. And she was in the DTS program, which stood for Discipleship Training School. They really liked their acronyms. The reason Christy agreed to go to this program was because they had a film program she could apply to while there, and she wanted nothing more than to be a filmmaker. She was also promised diversity, a thing severely lacking in her hometown of North Canton, Ohio. Believe it or not, Hawaii was not the draw for her. Our hero's favorite season is actually winter. This is not the crime. And if she is ever able to afford to go on vacation in her adult life, she would totally go somewhere cold to kayak with orcas, like Alaska. She's never been a big beach person, mostly because she gets sand in her fro and finds the offensive elements weeks later. But alas, we're not here to talk about our hero's imaginary vacations. We're here to talk about a heinous crime committed in Kona, Hawaii. Christy was not available to confirm nor deny this next statement. However, we're 85% sure that this was Christie's first time on an airplane. If it wasn't the first time on an airplane for her, we are 100% sure that it was the first solo trip she had ever taken, and she loved it. Christie's plane arrived in Hawaii in the evening, and as soon as she got off the plane, she got laid. When Christie arrived to the school, it was dark. She was greeted by leaders who looked suspiciously her age. She was around 19 at the time. The campus was actually a former motel. So you went up steps and walked past multiple doors. We can't confirm her room number because, as you know, Christie's memory is much like Dr. Sam Beckett's Swiss cheese. She opened the door to her dorm room and in it were three bunk beds. There was a little table in the corner and barely any room to move around. All of the beds were filled with sleeping girls, except for one bottom bunk. So Christy went into the bathroom and changed into her pajamas and slipped into bed. The next morning, she met her roommates. Six girls and one open space room with three bunk beds and one bathroom was kind of a nightmare concept. Fortunately, our hero was too young to be irritated by it. 
That's actually total bullshit. Christy was a very light sleeper and kind of a private person. This open floor plan was kind of terrible. Her roommate lineup was as follows. There was Brie, who was a skinny, pretty girl who always complained about how she was fat and ugly, even though she was clearly the thinnest and probably most typically pretty girl in the room. There was E from Canada, who was probably Christy's favorite because she was sweet and her voice and intonations were really cool. There was S, who was a shy, quiet, bigger girl with blonde hair, who is Christy's bunkmate. There was B, who was like S's doppelganger, only the brunette version. And then there was K, a little person who liked to chase our hero around and rub her corduroy pants. Yes, our hero not only took corduroy pants, but wore them in Hawaii. This is not the crime, although perhaps it should be. <clears throat> when they went to the first class, there were around 150 students of all ages. Christy was the only black person, again. So about that diversity. But our hero was much more than used to it. What she wasn't used to were the Gigantosaurus Rex bugs that islands produce. When in the main hall, which was an open pavilion in the middle of a class, a gigantic centipede started quickly slithering down the aisle between chairs. Gasps and screams were abundant as this creature that was about a foot long scurried by their feet. Christy, sitting towards the front, because nerd, watched in horror as it quickly approached her. One of the leaders stood up and he stomped on the centipede. It was so thick that it writhed under his flip-flop and didn't die. And, in fact, he almost fell trying to stomp it. He had to use excessive stomping force. But Christy cheered him on with the rest of them, glad to not have to deal directly with the giant bug themselves. However, in our hero's humble opinion, the most offensive creatures were the cockroaches. They were giant like two to three inches long, and they had wings. At night, they were everywhere. They would fly and latch onto a person in a similar fashion to Japanese beetles. It was like our hero had entered her own personal hell, sharing a single room with five other girls and giant bugs, which frequently ended up in their rooms, by the way, it was a difficult time for Christy. It also being her first time away from home, she had a nephew and nieces back home that she was obsessed with. They were tiny, and when she would call on the phone in her room with her phone card, because cell phones weren't a thing, her parents would put them on the phone and they would talk to her and she would instantly start crying because she missed them so much. At one point, her roommates 
tried to do an intervention and told our hero if she was so homesick, maybe she should consider leaving early and going home. Christy stopped making phone calls in her room, for obvious reasons. Her roommate sucked. Okay, there, I said it. But also, in the roommate's defense, Christy was not an easy person to live with. She understood this, but this situation was a bit extreme. I mean, five roommates in one small room? What was this, prison? I mean, kind of. At least it was a Hawaiian prison. The first time it rained in Hawaii, our favorite person was walking back to her room and stopped in her tracks. So, in Ohio, when it rains, earthworms litter sidewalks. Christy is convinced she can smell them. She also can't look down while she's walking because worms freak her out. And she also doesn't like stepping on them. So if you ever see our hero walking in the rain on a sidewalk or in a parking lot, she will most likely be doing a hop, jump, run type of thing while holding her breath. It's not weird. However, in Hawaii, it wasn't earthworms. There were neon green slugs everywhere. And of course, they were gigantic because it was Hawaii. Go big or go home? Along with the giant green slugs were giant bullfrogs, which were almost creepier because they were just so damn massive. Okay, you get it. Everything was huge. Christy started out staying in her room during free time and watching Dawson's Creek DVDs on a friend's laptop, as one does when they're in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Only because her friends urged her did Christy start to venture out with her friends to the beach. One day, she promised her friends she'd meet them after the last episode of Dawson's Creek. There was a bus on campus that would take her to the beach. She'd be right behind them. When the episode was over, Christy reluctantly put on her bathing suit, gathered her beach things, and headed to the bus stop. She sat on the bench, waiting like Forrest Gump, except she didn't have any chocolate. A very pale, plain girl with mousy brown hair sat next to her. She kept staring at Christy. Christy had seen her in class and worship services, but they hadn't really ever spoken before. Our hero smiled politely at the girl, who continued to stare, slack-jawed, almost studying Christy. Hi, are you Milano? Christy's mind quickly flashed to the Pepperidge Farm Milano cookies, which are cookies that consist of a thin layer of chocolate sandwiched between two biscuit cookies. Was she a cookie? No. I'm sorry? Are you Milano, like half black and half white? Christy never really understood the obsession some white people had with knowing her origin. She has never once asked a white person where they are from or what their background is. But she was going to start. Are you Welsh, Irish, and Scottish? 
little English in there? I bet you've got some German. No, no, but really, where are you from? Um, I think you mean mulatto? But also, I think that's a term that they maybe used during slave times? I think the term now is biracial. So, are you? Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm adopted. I really don't know. This, obviously, predates Christy finding out at the age of 37 that she was mostly Nigerian with a splash of Italian and a bunch of other random stuff from her ancestry DNA test. Oh. She almost sounded disappointed. Christy was fairly certain she'd never seen or interacted with another black person before. The girl continued to stare. The bus arrived and Christy leaped up. She couldn't seem to shake this girl, who followed her and sat next to her. When they arrived at the beach, they caught up with their friends from school and Christy set out her towel and sat next to her friend, Venetia, who was from England. Venetia offered Christy her fancy tanning oil and Christy happily accepted. It smelled delicious and gave Christy's skin a greasy sheen that she weirdly liked. Halfway through putting it on, the girl from Utah leaned forward, still staring at her. What are you doing? Putting on suntan oil? You can tan? Yes. The sun affects my skin just like yours. Oh, you mean you want to get darker? This is not the crime, although perhaps it should be. There are a lot of possible crimes in this story. Our hero did what she had spent her whole life doing and just smiled politely and went back to oiling up. One thing that would always bother our favorite person is how often people wanted to point out and remind her that she was different. Her skin, her hair, her build, it was exhausting. They got back to campus and then that night had small groups. Of course, the girl from Utah was in Christie's group because, you know, why wouldn't she be? As they were sitting around discussing their days and how they were feeling about things and preparing their missions trip, because that was ultimately the whole purpose of this school, Christy began sharing how she was truly feeling. Yeah, so uh, I feel pretty good, but I feel like I'm in an ocean, and every time I stand up, another wave comes. So just as I'm getting my footing, I get swept under again, and I pull myself back up and catching my breath, and then bam, another wave. People in the group nodded, and Christy appreciated that they seemed to understand where she was coming from and what she was trying to convey. And then the girl from Utah piped up and chimed in. Are you Milano? Milano is a delicious cookie. You mean mulatto, which we've already discussed and I already told you I don't know and I don't like that term. Is what Christy wanted to say. Instead, her cheeks flushed and she grew quiet and was super frustrated. She bit her tongue and smiled slowly, holding back the rage that was quickly bubbling up inside her. Instead, she used one of her superpowers. We talked about this. <laughs> That's a cookie, remember? Although I am equally delicious. The tension subsided from the air 
but the girl from Utah continued to look at her. Why bring it up again and in front of people? This, this is the crime. Our hero has no trouble educating or answering questions in a one-on-one -on -one or private setting, even if they're offensive, which typically they were and are. So who is to blame for this terrible, horrible, not very nice crime? The girl from Utah for being completely ignorant on these matters and being transfixed by the voodoo of experiencing her first black person? No, it can be overwhelming for anyone when confronted with such awesomeness and beauty. The weird YWAM cult school for having lack of any diversity but putting black people in their brochure? Probably, but not for this crime. The giant killer cockroaches for making her Hawaii experience more of a horror show than a vacation? No, this one is crystal clear. The culprit of this crime is clearly Utah for only having 1.21% of African Americans in their state. Tune in next time for the case of the Buffalo Birthday Party. You won't want to miss this shindig. Narrated by Christy Williams. Utah Girl voiced by Jamie McCris. Sponsored by MakeMyFreshener.com. They don't know their sponsor, but I recently ordered air fresheners for my car with my business logo, Little Chunk of Goodness, and they sent me some free ones. So thank you, Make My Freshener. They smell amazing and they look incredible. Check out MakeMyFreshener.com.